I'm Callie Lampy, and you are listening to the Surfing Lessons Podcast, where my daddy shares a daily gift with you from the ocean. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Surfing Proverbs with Ryan. I'm your host, Ryan Lampy, and today's Surfing Proverb is Go Now. The waves have been crazy. Crazy week, big swell, massive waves is just on fire here at the cliffs, here in Southern California, all over. And I was taken back to one of my first, first dramatic stories here at the cliffs within my first year of living here. Um, It was my very first swell, just like this week, but this was two years ago, my first big swell at Sunset Cliffs, and I surfed a break called Rock Slides. Big, powerful, beautiful, peeling, tubing left. Doesn't always tube, but there are some tubes, and those are pretty rare here at the cliffs. And, wow, powerful day. It was my first time in the water in the big swell here. And I really, I don't think I've ever surfed a cliff break before this during a big swell. Usually I would surf, um, back at El Porto, I would surf Hammerland. And much more hollow, much more powerful. But, didn't have some of the stuff that I had to deal with here at the cliffs. So, Getting in and out of rock slides, well, there's a reason why they name it rock slides. And you have to go down and back up all these massive rocks. And especially the bottom, the bottom rocks are very slippery, crazy. Like it's, it's hard to get in and out without putting at least one ding in the board. Let alone when the waves are firing, like it's, it's dangerous. It's downright dangerous. People get hurt all the time. Boards get beat up all the time, and um, boards get broken, as you will hear in my story. So, man, the first big swell comes around. I first moved here, and my body was doing just okay for the first time to go do this. And this was, um, man, was this right after I recovered from my surgery? I thought I recovered, kind of recovered, and this, this pretty, pretty much fucked me back up. And... Um, I spent eight hours in the water that day. <laughs> I mean, I haven't surfed waves over at head high in about a year before this because I'd been injured. And I decided to get in the water. It was like my third, maybe my third time back in the water in over a year. And this is the day I pick to go out on. And not only did I go out, I went out for eight hours. I went out with a couple guys. And those guys went back out exhausted in about an hour, hour and a half. And I was just, I was so in awe. And my mind was just absolutely blown. Just the fact that I was out at Rockside's, like there was never, no, never more than like eight guys out surfing this one particular break with me. And there's people surfing breaks north, south, and, and all over. But there's never more than eight guys in the water. It's not, there's no way I could leave because I'm used to surfing Los Angeles and when waves are like this, 
my gosh, there's 20, 30 guys stacked on top of each other, surfing one particular wave. And so here, like this for the first time, my first taste of surfing the cliffs in a big swell, I couldn't believe that I had so many waves to myself. And I was out on this, let's see, it was a 511 pipsqueak by Proctor Surfboards up in Ventura. Amazing boards, amazing shaper. And yeah, having a great time. I had so many waves. So many waves, I couldn't believe. I just, I couldn't paddle back in. And so the last couple hours of daylight, there was never more than one or two other guys in the water with me. And for the last 45 minutes, it was just me. Everybody went in and they knew better than me. I've never experienced this before. I figured I could just go in, same way I went out. And most people paddle in at a certain beach called No Surf here, where it's easy to come in. I decided that I wasn't gonna paddle all the way around, probably a half mile around to the beach. And I was gonna go right in, right where I, or go right out, right where I came in earlier in the morning. And this is, you know, and so it's getting dark. And so I paddle in. And it's getting darker and darker. And the waves keep coming. And so I sit there waiting for, like, the waves are crashing onto these big rocks, rocks the size of me, huge rocks. And the waves are crashing right on them. And, uh, and there's other rocks, like, out in the water. And the waves are crashing. And I'm waiting, just waiting, you know, anywhere between five to 15 yards out in the water so that I wouldn't get smashed by these waves and I can make it up these rocks. And I'm waiting for a lull, a nice long lull that I can just paddle in and climb up the rocks and not get beat the fuck up. Well, first mistake I made was I took my leash off. I'd never done this before. And I decided I'll take my leash off so I don't get tangled in it. Well, here we go. I not attached to my board and I have my board in. Well, I guess the first mistake is the name of this episode, the surfing proverb is I waited. I waited, I waited instead of going now. So I waited and it's getting darker and darker. And there's a, like a couple, like not surfers that, that I know of, no one that could help me or anything like that. Not that I'm looking for help, but like no one is around me except this one couple up there, like a couple lovebirds on top of the cliff just looking down at me. And it's getting darker and darker and they're becoming shadows. And I'm thinking like this lull is gonna happen. And I wait five, 10, 15 minutes and longer. And it just gets dark and dark and worse. And I swear the conditions actually got worse and just crashing up against the rocks and crashing up against the rocks. And finally I was like, there's nothing I can do. I might as well just fucking try, just go for it. And so at this point, probably 15, 20 minutes into waiting for the ocean to calm down, it's darker than ever. Like it's literally, it's pure dark. It's dark. The sun is completely dark. Everything is dark. And I'll go into these rocks. And I don't have my leash attached to me because I didn't want to get tangled into them. Rookie mistake. And boom, I couldn't make it in because it's sucking, like the, the ocean is sucking me back out. So I'm paddling my ass off to get to the rocks. And by the time I get to the rocks, the wave comes, smashes me. Another wave comes, smashes me. And the thing is, it smashes me. I lose my board. It smashes up against the rocks in between. It just ping, 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 ping. Like hits a few rocks. And oh, I didn't let you know, I had my key inside the leash of, well, inside the leash, attached to my board. 
So my board is pinging off the rocks. I get thrown into the rocks. I'm like all sorts of fucked up, bleeding, gash, all kinds of stuff. Like I beat up my back, my butt, my everything. And and then my board pings off the rocks and then goes back out into the ocean. And it's dark. Like, it's dark. And probably the wise thing for me to do then was to go back up to my car anyways or just walk home. But I didn't. What I did was I was on the rocks. I was looking for my board. I couldn't even see it. It was so dark. And so I jumped back out into the fucking ocean like a dumbass. I thought I saw my board. It turned out to be a pile of kelp in the ocean. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't even find my board. And start, I start swimming around the rocks there and I find it pinned up against the cliff and I grab my board, I get it. And then I have to do the whole thing over again. But this time I attach my leash to me. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck about my board, but it's messed up. Anyways, I go back in and the same thing happens, except this time I'm attached to my board. I get thrown into the rocks, beat to hell all over again. My board starts pinging against the rocks and I survive. I make it back up. I'm beat up get back to my car and I have one for the memory book. I'll definitely never forget this night. My first time surfing a big swell at the cliffs. My board was buckled in three spots. And it's crazy because this board was super, if you know Proctor surfboards, Todd Proctor, he has like this, some particular um, S glassing, heavy duty, like heavy, heavy duty, like thicker than longboards, traditional longboard glassing. Like 6'4 and 6'4, top and bottom, heavy glassy, S glass. This shit is like indestructible. Like he calls it bomb proof. And it has, I put it through the ringer, but um, not that night. Three buckles. That was just crazy. And that board is still, it's uh, sitting in my hallway. <laughs> I haven't fixed it yet. But there you go. That's the story. But here's the thing I waited. I thought it was going to get better. I was hesitant, I was scared. I was nervous, and here's the thing: I nothing got any better for me. Like I should have just went while there was light, paddled my ass off, and just got into the rocks. Maybe I would got beat up the same, maybe a little bit less. At least I would have had a little bit of light. I would have saw my board wherever it went if it shot back into the ocean, and I would have had that on my side. But I waited, and I had this this assumption, I had this fantasy going on. That if I just wait and wait and wait long enough, things will get better. And that did not work out for me. So where in your life are you waiting for something to get better? Maybe inside your business or your relationships. Some You have a relationship not going well right now. Maybe it's when you and one of your kids. Maybe you and your wife. And you are living in this fucking fantasy that, you know, if you just hang tight and just wait patiently, things will get better. They'll come back and apologize. Something will happen. Time will just magically heal something. That's one of the biggest fucking lies we tell ourselves. Time never fucking heals. If you have a broken bone, time will heal it, but it's going to be fucked up. Like you have to go to the doctor and they will re-break the bone. Like time will heal only when the foundation is fucking solid. But we shit's fucked up in our lives and we often will just wait and let time we think that time will heal. 
and never, never, never works out. I want to share with you guys a story. My mother-in-law, actually, both Lucy's parents are coming, Pilar and her stepdad. And they're coming for Christmas. They get here tomorrow. And I'm excited to see them. This hasn't always been the case. We've had the, maybe you call it the traditional in-law issues and stuff, but we haven't always been connected. And even right now, like we're not perfectly connected. I mean, we're not even, I wouldn't even say our connection is great, but it's way beyond than it's ever been before. And Lucy and I have been married for 12 years now. That means I've known them for over 12 years, 12 and a half years. And our, our relationship has been, I would say, pretty rocky. In my experience, I would call it pretty damn rocky. And actually, Pilar, Lucy's mother-in-law, I mean, Lucy's mother, my mother-in-law, she was here, um, man, when was it? I feel like just, just like three months ago or something. And maybe it was, was it for my birthday. I can't remember when. But she was here, and she was here for two weeks. And first of all, and she's super nice. She does a great job. She takes care of us, takes care of our kids. She, you know, she watches the kids while Lucy, like Lucy and I go on a date. And she always does that. She's very helpful. And at the same time, there's often lots of disconnection, you know, clashes of worldviews, paradigm. Um, yeah, just a lot of the traditional bullshit in the way between connection because we just don't know each other. We don't really talk that much. I don't talk to her that much. She lives in Kentucky. We live here in Southern California. Lucy and her mom don't talk that much. That's something that we're growing and expanding and deepening the relationship. But where we were at the time, the last time she visited, she was here for two weeks. And, you know, if you followed me on Facebook Live videos and stuff, I've talked about it and talked about a lot of the big changes and stuff our family has gone through this past year. As I've gotten really authentic and really just fucking real and true with my family. And uncovered a lot of the lies, a lot of the passive aggressiveness that goes on, a lot of the disconnect and hiding that goes on just because it's normal human being stuff that we've always had. And I'm the most, I'm the one, the most responsible for it, for instilling that bullshit into my kids from a young age and, um, and making them like not giving them the permission to just be themselves and share their feelings and how they feel. And anyways, Lucy's mom was here for two weeks. And throughout the two weeks, I went on dates with the kids, myself, individually, Callie and Lexi. And I talked to Lucy and, you know, different times and lots of bullshit was going on. Like we were having a great time together and not. Like there was a lot of disconnect. And so this this like just Callie and Lexi. Like they would share stuff with me on our daddy-daughter dates about their issues with, they call her mama, Lucy's mom. They call her my mama. And they would share issues about her. And it's not like big issues. They just feel like unseen by her. They feel like she doesn't really care. Even though she does, they just don't, don't like their feelings, they're, they're missing each other. Just like it happens in a marriage all the fucking time. We miss each other. Love each other, but we miss each other. And we're not on the same page and we're disconnected. And so all this passive aggressiveness gets built up, this frustration. And they're like, my kids are literally feeling alone. And they're having all these feelings that they share with me, but they won't share with the person that they're having these feelings with, which is my mama. Lucy's having the same thing. And and I'm having the same thing. And I'm like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting just like on the rocks. Like I'm waiting for my kids and for Lucy to just be open and share their feelings. 
This is what we've been practicing, what we've been doing and implementing in our family all year long. And it's been revolutionary. Fucking powerful. I mean, we, gosh, it's, it's so powerful. Yet, Lucy's mom comes into the equation and everybody shuts down and starts hiding again. They're uncomfortable sharing how they feel, what is really on their hearts and what's really on their minds around her because they don't want to offend her, hurt her feelings or whatnot, things like that. Well, this has happened our entire marriage. And often what would happen whenever the in-laws would come around, and not just in-laws, even my own parents, would come around and Lucy and I, because so much passive aggressiveness and so much hiding is going on between me and Lucy and us not being ourselves and being free and sharing, like literally you know, our language would change. If we wanted to cuss, we wouldn't cuss because we don't want to offend her parents. And what would happen is Lucy and I would have these big ass fights. We would have, we'd always have our biggest fights whenever the in-laws would come. It wasn't the in-laws' fault. It was our own fault because we would hide and put, and, and put shit, sweep shit under the carpet. And then we'd go to our bedroom where we'd talk and shit would blow up because we haven't been communicating and being ourselves. So this is the same thing that happened the last time Lucy's mom was here a few months ago. And over the course of a couple of weeks, this is what was going on. But this time it was extremely obvious to me because this is the work I'm doing and and letting the giving them an opportunity and telling them, okay, this is what's going on. I'm, not, I'm listening to them, hearing them out. And I said, okay, we'll go do something about it. Just like you do with me, just like you do with mommy, do the same thing with my mama. And they wouldn't do it. And they wouldn't do it. And Lucy, the same thing. She wouldn't do it. And I was waiting and waiting for things to get better. Well, guess what? I think, I can't remember if it was my birthday. I think it was my birthday. We went out. Lucy and I went horseback riding. And uh, we're on this big date date for the whole day. Yeah, I think it was my birthday. So it was back end of July, something like that. And this whole day date. And halfway through the day, we go horseback riding. We go out to lunch at the restaurant. And we had this big-ass fight. And it was all the same shit. All this hiding, all this waiting, things that things would get better. Living in a fantasy land that we have these feelings. Lucy has these feelings towards her own mom. She wouldn't share them. The girls have these feelings towards their grandma. They wouldn't share them. And I'm like, I'm tired of getting everybody's stuff towards me. Like everybody's sharing all their shit with me. But hey, I'm like, I have nothing to do with what's going on. Well, that's what I thought. Anyways, it turned into a big-ass fucking fight. It's supposed to be an amazing birthday day for me where we go out, celebrate, have a great time, and it turned out to be a shit show halfway through the day. We go back home. We go back home. And I just can't take it anymore. It's like at night, it's getting darker and darker and darker, and finally I'm just like, fucking go. And I get into the rocks and get smashed. And I go back home. Say, Lucy, I'm done with the fucking date. I don't give a shit about my birthday anymore. I'm done. We go back home. And and shit starts to, like, it just gets worse. And so finally, I get everybody there in the living room. My kids, Lucy, Pilar, me, all of us there. And I fucking just break all the truth bombs out. Extremely uncomfortable. This is not the way it usually happens in life, maybe. But this is the way I decided to do things in my life. This is why I do things all around me now. And just fucking broke out all the truth bombs. And for the first maybe 20, 30 minutes, oh, it was fucking chaos. Screaming, yelling, crying, cussing, attacking, name calling. I was literally, like, I was fucking told that I had 
I'm filled with demons. No joke. Fucking crazy shit. I get it. Like, truth is fucking hard. It's hard. Most people cannot handle the truth. But I fucking did it. 12 years being married. Back at that time, it was 11 and a half, over 11 and a half years. A lot of shit that's being hidden. And it gets, there's more shit getting uncovered every day, every week, every month. But I decided, like, no more. I'm not going to wait for Lucy to fucking share her heart with her mom. I'm not going to wait for my kids to share. What's it going to take? 18 years old, 25 years old, 30 years old? Shit. I know fucking 50, 60, 70 year olds that still don't share their feelings. So what the fuck am I waiting for? So finally, I get real and get raw and get fucking relevant and share what is going on. And guess what? No one can hide anywhere. Everybody is there. There's no one talking behind no one's back. Everybody is there. Everybody can validate how they actually feel. And like I said, for the first 20, 30 minutes, it was fucking chaos. But guess what? After that, there was some real conversation. Conversation that has never taken place before between Pilar, my mother-in-law, and our whole family, even the kids. Tons of tears, hugs, love, complete disconnect and attacking and all that kind of stuff. And then half an hour after, the biggest hugs, genuine tears shed of love and thankfulness. Oh my gosh. I was thanked by every single one of them. At first, when I dropped all the truth bombs, I was the asshole. I was the asshole. And then, everyone, my kids, Pilar, Lucy, everyone thanked me for fucking making a stand. Yeah, uncomfortable, but I did it. But the point is, waiting was a fucking lie. I waited 12 years. I could have waited another 12 years and nothing would have changed. I could have waited in that surf coming up out of rock slides. I could have waited another 20 minutes. Another, and, and probably it would have just got worse. That was the pattern. It seemed like it was getting worse. That's the thing. Since I've been married, the lies have only built upon each other. At first it says, oh, I'm uncomfortable when, when mom is around. Oh, I can't act myself when mom's around. And just every single year, every single visit, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And we keep thinking that time is going to get better. No, she'll change. No, we'll change. Something's going to change. It's all around us. These conversations happen all around us all the time. And I had to make a stand. I said, you know what? It's, the time is now. Go now. Get the fuck out of the water now before it gets even worse. And I die. That's what was going on inside the marriage, my family, the kids, Pilar. If we thought we had a relationship, it was not a relationship. It was fucking death. It was a bunch of hiding and hiding and hiding. So where in your life, two things, where in your life are you waiting and waiting and waiting? And you know in your heart that the time is now. Go fucking now. Go now. And the second question for you, maybe I'm alone on this. You heard my story about me and my in-law. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm telling you, I'm excited. Tomorrow she gets here and I cannot wait to fucking see her.
But if you, if that resonates with you, in your heart, you know there is a stand to be made. There's lots of shit talking behind each other's backs, fear, scared. I get it. That was me. That was Lucy. We're scared. We don't want to offend. We want to be nice. And we try to be nice people, nice kids, nice adults, nice parents. And people get hurt. Most of all, we hurt ourselves. So, I want to I wanna just push you over the edge a little bit and encourage you to just fucking go for it right now. Don't wait any longer. What is the cost? What is the impact on you and your marriage and your family? But you're not doing what you know you need to do in your heart right now. All right, everyone. That's the surfing proverb for today. It is my prayer that it will lead to powerful action in your life. That it will sink in, deepen your heart, and get you to move now. To go now and do what you know what you need to do in your heart. I ask that you guys, well, if, you're, if you're getting value from this, and only if you're getting value from this, I ask that you would please go on Apple Podcasts, rate it, review it. I would love to, first of all, I would love to see it, read it. And um, also that would help to get this podcast out there so more people like yourself can get the value you're getting from it. And secondly, please share with someone that you know could really use it and would love this podcast. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll catch you next time on Surfing Proverbs with Ryan. Thank you for listening to the Surfing Lessons Podcast. For more Lampy craziness, find my daddy on Facebook at Ryan P. Lampy and have a powerful